0: looks forward to serving you all righty. hello and thank you for tuning in to racers alley this is going to be our first official show at mutiny radio and thank you from Pan, with fantastic i'm sorry uh thank you for helping us out uh wade boyd is going to be our co-host and uh as our first guest today will be racer number 60 sergio he's ama and afm pro racer all right, so basically our goal here is to have a show where any anyone can call uh, us and talk to a racer. You can ask any question you want, or you can actually meet them here as we have a uh, space here where audiences can watch and also ask questions. We will have folks from all aspects of the industry. We'll have uh, racers, we'll have tuners, we'll have instructors, business owners, and of course they will all come from different backgrounds. We'll have uh, flat track guys, motocross guys, supermotard racers. We'll have uh, Paris-Dakar competitors, uh, US Pro AMA, AFM racers. We'll also have uh, Isle Man TT, Manx GP, Pikes Peak, and Phillip Island racers. And of course, we'll have speed guys from Bonneville as our guests as well. All right, so uh, many of our guests will be from San Francisco as we have a racing pool of talent right in our own backyard. They're the part of our, our Bay Area motorcycle culture, really. Uh, our community has a lot of talented folks. The person who makes your hamburger raced at the aisle. Uh, basically on a sidecar, really. Your bike uh, tow driver used to run a Bonneville Speed Trials. The person serving you wine was an AMA pro racer and still races locally. Your parts guy probably raced the Isleman TT in Manx GP. It'll be my great pleasure to bring these folks on the show so you can meet them all. And uh, from there on, you'll be able to talk to all the racers, ask any questions, and go from there. Uh, Pam Tastic, do you have any questions for me?
1: Well, first, we should let the listening audience know that they can call in at 415 550 0511 here into the studio and talk to a racer because you're a racer yourself. Yes, y- yes, Alex.
0: actually, uh, my background I did start racing uh, in 1990. Originally, started riding a motorcycle in '79 as a kid. I had a uh, DT 175, and uh, back then, of course, you rode illegally without a helmet. After without that, a and,
1: helmet ri- well, they, what
0: they didn't have laws back then you there didn't a, wait,
1: wait, wait, wait you could ride around t- like you wouldn't get arrested by the police if you didn't have a helmet on
0: no, no this was in the late 70s i believe the police were probably stunned as well uh, you could pretty much get away with anything and as time went on of course i uh, got a little faster and started to wear helmets just to save my own life uh Started racing, uh, really, in 1990, but uh, didn't get my first motorcycle until 1988. And from there, really wasn't ever planning to be a racer. I just wanted to have a cruiser with uh, saddlebags and no helmet, glasses, and just go around in the United States of America. A friend of mine, uh, Tommy Burke, He used to watch the Isle of Man TT back in 1989, and one of these days, he shows me a uh, VHS, which is a tape that you put in a machine, (laughs) and uh, shows on your television set. So, he showed me this race called the Isle of Man, and since we've been uh, always riding uh, over there at uh, Mines Road in Livermore, he felt we should start racing. Uh, Once we started uh, getting a little more serious, we went to a track day school with Keith Code in 1990. That was over there at Laguna Seca. From there, uh, basically, uh, started racing in 1991, and on and off over the years. You know, racing takes its tolls. So sometimes you get hurt, sometimes bike breaks down, and from there, time goes on. It took me about uh, 14 years to actually get to the Isle of Man, and from there, I was able to race the TT in 2004, and uh, the Manx GP in 05. After that, uh, racing seemed to actually pretty much uh, wax off for a while. But I'm currently right now trying to compete again in the A.F.M.
1: Yeah, I have a question: when you're when you're doing all this racing for 14 years, did you have a regular job or were you just racing bikes? Was it like, like this is clearly your life? But was there something else that was supporting you, or was it specifically motorcycle racing?
0: Well, as a racer, uh, it can get very expensive. I've always been kind of a poor guy myself. So, with subculture racing, we've always been able to get uh, sponsors, really. Uh, when I first started I, I just had regular jobs and it wasn 't like I could race every weekend. it was more or less when I could race and Of course, when you have uh, motor problems or accidents, it might take a year out of time out of your uh, racing program but uh, overall i 've been lucky enough to be able to have a sponsorship and people to, enough people to support me here to be able to realize my dreams and uh, our first guest tonight is Sergio. He races a uh, number sixty-two stroke motorcycle. Currently, I believe he's running with the AFM. Am I correct?
2: Yes, hello, Alex, how are you?
0: Good evening, Sergio, I'm doing well. Uh, good to have you here.
2: Hey, thanks. Um, also, I just wanna say thanks, Pam, for um, keeping the creative spirit of San Francisco going with this project here at Mini Radio.
1: Love it, yeah. Uh, you have to be a lot closer to your mic. There you go, scoot in, get close and comfy. Right. There you go, Sergio. Razor, what is it your number? The always the same number?
2: Um, it's been the same number since 2000. Oh, okay, and I've had 605 from 97 to 2000, or actually 99. And then I won the championship, and they gave me two digits, yeah. Uh, I thought that was a great reward, you know.
0: Yeah, Sergio, uh, you've gone way... Uh, you've, you've come from... Uh, when did you start racing here, locally AFM? Um, 97.
2: 1997.
0: However, you've been a part of the San Francisco motorcycling scene since the 80s? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember you had a R5 two-stroke, which was quite an uh, eye-catcher, I guess you could say. I
2: still have it.
0: You still have that bike. How many uh, bikes do you currently own?
2: Um... I still own all the bikes with the exception of one um, that I've ever owned. I still have them all. Uh, I had one stolen, uh, and then my race bike I sold that, my championship bike, which I wish I had never had sold. But I did
0: that was a TZ 250 TZR TZR 250 so that was a street version of a formula Two race motorcycle Which is a two-stroke you really don't see a lot of those motorcycles uh, here in the States and uh, as far as racing now It's kind of a really uh, Unique class am I wrong,
2: right? There's only three right now in the class Um, back in the day there were grids of like 65 bikes um, it was quite a scene and, and sound, actually, if you've never heard a two-stroke. Oh, um, sounds like, what, it just sounds like a bunch of bees taking off, and it's, it, was, it was quite an experience.
0: So as far as uh, the current racing, uh, you have three competitors. Uh, you're running with the AFM? Yeah. Uh, what class would you be running?
2: In Formula 2, so there's um, on and off, three to four two-strokes, and then some other big singles.
0: And Formula 2, I mean, that's, that's a pretty experienced class. I mean, your bike, what, what is the top speed on a two-stroke 250, and how much does it weigh?
2: I'm not sure about the top speed. Um, don't have a speedometer. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um,
2: but they're about 240 um, wet.
0: Okay, 240 wet. As far as uh, your current plans, are you going to spend the rest of the year racing, or are you going to... I heard you just got back from Europe.
2: Yeah, so this last race was a pretty tough one. I just got back from from Europe, and uh, jet lag, um, a little too much eating and drinking.
0: You yeah. uh, went to see the GP, I believe.
2: Yeah, in Barcelona.
0: In Barcelona.
2: Oh, man, it, you know, how the pro- is it,
0: how are the crowds out there compared to you know I, uh, I always see it on TV and it looks like just so, such a fanatical time.
2: Well, the stands are just full of people and you know everybody's just really into it.
0: Everyone has their, their certain energy. racer. Just, yeah, and um, you can you can definitely see by the jerseys and the fog and the fireworks, especially when Rossi goes by.
2: Right, right.
0: Yeah, that's my favorite as well. Awesome. So uh, just coming in is Wade Boyd. Uh, he's our co-host. Uh, good to see you, Wade. Howdy, folks. (laughs) Uh, Wade, we have Sergio here today. He's our first official guest in our our first show. Uh, You guys go way back as far as uh, coming from San Francisco and the motorcycling scene as well. And uh, you have ridden a 252 stroke and raced a 252 stroke. Am I wrong?
3: A couple times, only a couple.
2: Yeah, we've raced together
3: yeah yeah we raced once or twice together i raced like once in the aisle maybe four times total it's one of those bikes i always wanted and never really got
0: well it's certain uh certainly kind of a dark art to be a tuner for one of those and you really have to be aware how 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 the motorcycle reacts am i wrong
3: yeah and they're, they're really finely tuned compared to the street version which pretty much just ran almost ran forever I had street bikes. I never got really to the TZ, to the race bikes. Gotcha. Well, uh, like we were mentioning
0: uh, earlier, uh, Sergio has his R5, which originally was a completely illegal motorcycle for the street and used to uh, ride it, really. uh, I remember the uh, tires had bead, and your rear uh, canister, your rear taillight was actually a paint can. And at one point, the cops pulled you over and pretty much said everything will pass except your tires were so bald he could not let you go
2: right that thing was a bit of a frankenstein bike um it was so much to f- fun to ride but uh it was all being held by tape and zip ties and like you said i had a paint can cap as my tail light. just safety wired it to it And back then, I'm not really sure that the rat bike scene was was big. I mean, we did have the Hamburger Mary's rat bike competition, which I got third back then. I haven't heard
0: about that. What was that about?
3: Uh, Wait, were you a part of that? I got in on that on a... a, uh, Why would I have a a VFR 1000 um, that I had just got, and it looked... I thought it looked great, purple and black and stuff all over, but, yeah, it was, I thought that was a really neat new idea, and your bike totally fit. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Thanks, Wave. Yeah,
0: back when we had a little bit more uh, motorcycle culture here in the city, right now the closest thing we really have is the dirt bag challenge, and I believe in August we're going to have some super motard, uh, gymkhana-type uh, riding uh, being sponsored i believe by one of the motorcyclist magazines where all the uh, local police uh street bikes and dual sports will actually go out there and wow, yeah. anyone can go in and join the race and partake against the local what a uh, great idea <laughs> yes uh well we get uh, when i get more information i'll actually fill you all in on that uh can go from there uh, as far as uh what's going on next Ray, uh, Wade? do you have any racing going on this weekend
3: this weekend, no, oh, I'm actually, I'm, I'm a little behind, so I'm not going to make Lodi. I'm going to work instead, but I'm riding a bike. It is it is not the same. But I was going to go to Lodi. I'm going to try to do Lodi in two weeks on a um, Hoosberg, but I'm lining up a few other things, projects in the works, so that I'll have a really good flat track season next year. Problem is, I don't really have one of the proper bikes, so I built the R1, I tried my SV, I'm borrowing the Hoosberg, I'm the guy on all the borrowed bikes. The last guy I met at, at Lodi goes, oh, you're the guy on all the jinxed bikes. Oh, oh jinx. Yeah, it's not what I want to be remembered by, but... Um,
2: purple bikes purple yeah bikes. purple
3: bikes they're purple so um i found a champion frame the other day which said save me and follow me home there's a whole new thing there i'm going to build a bike to do load i i got a couple bikes to do the mile and stuff my sidecar is happy my road races are being worked on and 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 i got a ride on a speedway sidecar the other day at st- stockton half mile explain what that is wait Uh, They go the opposite direction as everybody else. They go to the right, whether it's a big track or a little track, and they try to slide all the way around. It's like drifting with three wheels. So it's similar to your uh, actual uh, sidecar. However, it's made for off-road? It's made to go sideways in dirt. You go down a straightaway, and you basically never shut off. You pitch it into the corner, and you work it around the corner. It has no brakes, and you never shut off so these two guys showed up at the races without passengers like good sidecar guys do and said oh we'll find somebody so smiley found somebody a lot older than i am <laughs> and uh so pete comes over and goes oh why don't you do it he couldn't find anybody so at the last minute i go up okay let me try it okay what do i gotta do so he's sitting on a thing and he goes see that bar down by my right foot i want you to grab that
0: so, Whoa. you're sitting next to a, a, I guess, a motocross bike with uh, space for you to kneel on the right? Or is uh, it know, it's, be- a,
3: it's a four cylinder 750 1000? Wow. Sort of lowered, one piece, funny dirt bike. The side wheel is at an angle. So, very specialized. A very specialized. And you go, the, the wheel and chair is on the left. And no. we drive to the right. So I crawl over on the right and basically kiss his boot and stay there.
0: <laughs> now, you're crawling over on the right so he gets traction on the rear wheel while you're yeah, on the gas? Yeah,
3: you lean back to get traction. You hug his boot to let him light it up, and, and that's how he steers it around the corner.
0: Is that similar to how you would be on, a, on the road race sidecars? No, okay. absolutely not. So a uh, completely different animal.
3: Yes. You could find one little spot where you would get down there. But there you'd get down there. You kind of move back. You st- get down there. You're pretty much down there. Road racing sidecar, you move from one side of the car to the middle to the other side of the car. You go back and forth. Um, and you do minimum slides Compared to this this is all about sliding just like speedway. They they take off you slide the corner You never shut off. Shut off just a little get to track get some traction exiting the corner And it's back on the throttle and pitch it into the corner That's how you slow it down. And was this your first time on one of those? Yeah, never rode one before Just get down there and hold that and I did really good (laughs) in the heat and it was a thrill nobody else would do it Nobody else was brave enough. I had to um, and the, the heat was great i i got to see everything i got to do it i got to really feel like i was part of it the main event we went into turn one he pitched it sideways i got stuck down there i never i couldn't see what i was doing i was down in the like luggage down in the right in the little hole
0: when you say stuck does that mean like it was G g-forces holding you down uh, or that's what you needed to do to get a good line
3: and, you know, I got I got close to where I was supposed to be, but I got stuck down in a funny position. I couldn't see. I thought my foot was rubbing on the mm. on the tire. Both my feet, everything was in the wrong place. But because of the G forces, I couldn't get out of it. He back off for a second. I get one little wiggle. I get halfway out, and he slams me back into the corner. I was stuck there the whole time. It was so funny.
0: Sounds like a very physical sport.
3: Yeah yeah wow. if you once you're in the flow it doesn't take too much energy as soon as you get out you miss it you struggle there's no way you can get it back you're stuck and you have to put up with it. same with similar to road racing but road racing you'll miss a handle you'll just get overworked um but you're gonna have to move to the other side in a minute where there i just i knew it was over when he slowed down gotcha you weren't able to actually participate in actually giving it gas and going forward. No, I, I was just dead luggage on the side Folding going for on, a ride. Holding on for dear he's he's going to take us somewhere. What are you going to do when you get to the corner? Oh, that's what you're doing. You never shut off. He's, whoa. So you got to be really bold to want to do that. And like, yeah, nobody would take up the job. And I couldn't let him go out there by himself.
0: Awesome. Well, that sounds like a great time. Did you get any pictures? Put them on the, put them on the uh, site.
3: Uh, one of these days, I, I'm, I'm waiting for the, um, um, what's her name? Carol Swanson said she took some, um, I've only seen one or two pictures so far. She seems but, to be uh, taking a lot of pictures for the flat trackers. Is she the local photographer? Uh, I'm not sure where she's out of, but she follows the, the circuit and, and takes photos like at all the races. Um, but um, supposedly, I all but met her when I was a little kid. She was one of the kids at Belmont Raceway, so she's always been with the series. Yeah, okay. So yeah. She grew so up she around racing, people. and now she's into photography, and you know, continues to follow the races. She's at all the events. Gotcha.
0: So, Sergio, uh, now that you're here, uh, I remember at one point you had a uh, interview with Telemundo. Oh,
2: yeah. I was at a AMA race, I believe, two thousand and three or two thousand
0: and two. At that time, you were a pro AMA GP racer, correct?
2: Uh, yeah, I was just doing the West Coast rounds, Sears Point, um, Laguna Seca, but this was a, a AMA Superbike combo weekend, and um, I wasn't aware that there, that Telemundo was around, and went out there for qualifying. And you know, I qualified. was coming off the track, heading to- towards my pit. And there's this cameraman with a woman and a microphone chasing after me. And I'm looking to my side, and they're like running, trying to catch up to me. And <laughs> finally I get to my pit, and they're like, "Hey, we're from Telemundo, and uh, can we interview you?" And like, "Yeah, sure. Let me just take off my helmet and my gear." And uh,
0: well, you plow, proudly display. The reason they saw you from afar was on your uh, TZ250, I believe, at the time, as well as your helmet, uh, you, where you have the colors of the flag. Am I, am yeah, I, correct?
2: I have some cross flags and, and a Mexican um, flag on my helmet and gear.
0: So it must have been nice to be in the national spotlight for a second.
2: Yeah, actually, I had a big crowd around me. I mean, people were looking at me, and they were, like, curious who I was, and I, I was playing it up.
0: Yeah, there's nothing <laughs> like, like an not? interview. There you go.
2: <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it was crowded back then. Um, you know, it's not like it is now, but, you know... Yeah, racing has lagged. The track was full of vendors and spectators, and it was just massive. It was great. And um, I had a crowd. I had my, my fans.
0: Well, you all I, always have a professional-looking pit as well, so it uh, must have been nice uh get out there. And uh, how was how was the weekend overall?
2: Um... I got lapped by Rich Oliver. Um, <laughs> All right. Well, there you go. <laughs> uh, you know, you're, you're taking a club racer and, uh, and a pro racer, and that's what happens.
0: Yes, but uh, overall, uh, Laguna Seca is, is a very demanding motorcycle track, and I imagine on a 250, it just must be a ball.
2: Yeah, that was it. Was a really hard track to learn. I mean, my first out lap at the track, I'm approaching the, the corkscrew, and I'm thinking, oh, I'll take it really, really slow, you know, just... just You know check it out for the first time and as soon as I come up to it I'm already off the track I'm like in the dirt hoping not to fall on my face and I'm like oh my god how am I gonna like qualify for this race I can't even like negotiate that corner at 10 miles per hour
0: yeah for those of you who don't know Laguna Seca is a track here over in uh, Monterey County and it's one of the most unique courses in the world really at one point uh, what what turn is uh, is uh, the corkscrew Anyone know? Yeah. All right, uh, so it uh, s- goes. It goes straight down and basically
2: goes.
0: Basically, stop. Turn left. Go way down. Follow a few stories and turn left. It is one of the most demanding uh, turns ever on a on a motorcycle course, and also one that just you really can't imagine it until you actually go over it i mean you can watch it on tv all that type of stuff yeah. but like i said i mean Sergio, first time out i mean you're over on the other side uh i personally went uh, uh through the corkscrew in 1990 with keith code and the gentleman i was with uh tom uh he ended up having his ZX-6R and did the same line. He just went wide. And it was a very, very uh, humbling turn to learn because you think you're fast and then you get over there. And it's like, holy moly, you got to learn a completely different lesson.
3: Yeah, you come flying up, up this hill. It gets bl- a blind crest. It goes flat for a second. But as you're landing sort of back on the pavement because you're doing over 100 miles an hour, there's a left turn that you almost miss the second you see it, and it dives down this hill. And in the middle of that left, you turn right, and you accelerate down this hill, and you hope you have traction. In the old days, they used to wheelie off of that
0: yeah also the camber is a little funny down there and uh uh, i believe that's a rainy turn so it's uh, one of the fastest areas of the course really Uh, and uh, you have a whole different angles to deal with almost immediately
2: and the g-forces i mean your chest just slams onto the tank as you're coming down the corkscrew it's it's amazing the whole bike squats and uh, you just Get a lot of grip, but it's
3: yeah. There's there's really only room for one on the entrance, and then you can take an inside line, outside line. It's all going to come together at the next corner, and it just gets faster and faster and faster.
2: You just got to commit to that to that section of the of the track. I mean, it's a rhythm section. You just you do it.
0: Nothing like lap time and experience. I'm sure, just lap after lap, you know, to yeah. get out there and get comfortable with it.
3: Totally. So I did that on the sidecars a couple times. So Jennifer and Christine were in 99, and Rick and I lapped them as we entered the, the corkscrew. Um, I believe he took them on the inside, I took them on the outside, and we swished them like they were parked.
0: And these were the sidecars, so boy, what year was that, Wade, if you have 99 out there?
3: Oh, I don't know. I was right around around 99 or something like that. I was in my new car. The girls were in my old car. So 2000 or so. um, Rick and I were battling for the lead. And like I said, they're really, even on a motorcycle, there's kind of only room for one. But we got three sidecars through that corner. Wow.
0: You know, back then also, I mean, there wasn't the runoff like there is now. You can literally miss that turn and not hit a a wall and hay bales in front of you. you But there is stuff
3: out there you can still hit.
0: Of course, any track. So uh, what's going to be happening next with you, Sergio? Are you going to be racing in September and then ended up October?
2: Yeah, we have two more races left. Um, This is the summer break, so don't race until the first week of September. I guess that's like seven weeks. Um, So a lot of work to be done on the bike. Um, Since you
0: got back from Europe, I mean, how have you felt? I I believe your last race, uh, you know, I saw you were gridded on the first row number two. And uh, you've been in Europe for a while, and I believe you just got back. I mean, you must have still been jet lagged
2: yeah i was like i said um i also gained some weight and it was 100 degrees (laughs) Uh out Uh there um i didn't work on the bike um and so it was a tough weekend and uh
0: Overall, you play second. I mean, I, I consider that a, you know an excellent finish. I mean, as far as yourself being I mean, racers are racers, and they always want to win. But uh, I think that was a great return.
2: Was it, yeah. I was expecting more, and there's two races <laughs> we left, <all> do. <laughs> and, uh, and I, need, I need to win one of them. I need to try to win one of them to actually try to take the championship. So great. Uh, this is a track I like. Um, really comfortable with it, and in the past, I've gone pretty pretty good on it so i was hoping that i can uh you know have a better race and it just didn't happen and uh yeah
3: the perfect race yeah the one that wins
0: <laughs> well uh yeah as far as myself i've never been lucky to get on the podium like that but i mean i admire the fact that you were out there especially after coming back from europe as far as europe goes uh did you say hi to rossi for us Say what? Say hi to Valentino. <laughs> oh yeah, of course. I mean, we hang out. You know. Exactly. Awesome. So, uh, as far as October goes, that'll be the end of the year. Are you are you basically going to do a full full season next year, or you take time off?
2: The same the same program. Two um, fifties. Uh, I do have a super bike, very similar to what I ride on the street, but it's a, it's a production racer. Um, it's It's got all the nice, nutty bits on it. Um, nice. Dry clutch, uh, bigger carbs, you know, cylinders. Um, so I might take that out and need, need to do a dyno on it and try to, like, sort out the jetting, but...
0: Get it yeah. running and then decide what you want to do with it.
2: Well, running two bikes is... is
4: Very hard. expensive. It's,
2: yeah, it's, it's hard just trying to, you know... Get them both running properly it's not like you turn the key and hit the starter button and get on the track there's a lot of tuning involved
0: yeah you're you're your own mechanic and your own racer so you don't have you don't have a pit crew there doing all the good stuff
2: no i don't but in this past week and i did have a friend um who was helping out he actually rode races in his name is dwyer agnew um he used to race in the um irish road racing series yeah, ireland in ireland yeah and so he kind of knows what he's doing and uh <laughs> and so he was a lot of help you
0: know cool is that the gentleman wade that uh, was with you at the flat track that one time uh, we got a young racer out there that seems to be trying to get out to the isle
3: of man yeah i, mean, he, I met him at daytona too actually he's been around a bunch of the races following me around and stuff you should and have to get him on the show for sure seeing stuff yeah yeah he would be a hoot. he's totally Irish, and, and, and he comes from, it's a different world over there. I need a translator. totally a different world. He's still got the accent and everything. He was telling me stories about because I did the Northwest 200 a couple of times, and he goes, "Yeah, back in those days, blah blah blah, we, we would all drink all night, and half of us would still be throwing up as we're getting on our bikes. And I was like, whoa. (laughs)
0: Yeah, I've heard tales of uh, rowdiness in those days over as far as road racing goes. That's great. So uh, we're going to take a little bit of a commercial break, and we'll be getting back to you in a few minutes. All right. back to racers alley where we got sergio here today racer number 60 with the afm and of course wade boyd here a racer of every type of bike known and of course Pam pamtastic here from Newton radio thank you very much for having us all right we were just talking about uh, when was the first time we got into racing uh, how did we get into it and such and i have a fascinating story here from sergio okay well
2: actually mm-hmm. when i first decided to race it was in the early 90s my first afm race and I was just really fascinated by the by the English bikes, the, like the Tridents and the Rocket Three PSAs. Old school. Yeah, and I, mm-hmm. and I was always into older bikes, you know, with drum brakes, and I just liked that old classic look. And at that point, I decided, oh, I'd ra- I want to race one of these bikes. And it didn't take it took about seven years for me to actually really do something about it. And Seven
0: years meaning, like, the idea was planted, a seed was planted, but bef- by the time he finally actually uh, uh, got, got on the track, at a bike, and well, you, you have to have a certain amount of experience before you really decide to jump into racing as well.
2: Well, to be honest, I actually didn't give a much <laughs> thought, but I did go to a swap meet and met some guy that had a, a race bike, and I didn't really wow. know what it was, and he's like, he said, oh, you can make payments on it, and that was it. He's like, oh, I can make <laughs> payments, you know, because I just couldn't afford a bike, and... Um, so two weeks before my first race, I got the bike, I got the leathers, I got the health insurance. I sent in my wow. <laughs> my um, forms for my license and uh, and off I went. And the morning of my new rider school, um, I was heading to my friend's house who had my race bike. And what type of race bike is it? It was an NSR 250.
0: NSR 250. So that would be made by Honda. And again, uh, your taste for exotic machines. That would be what type of machine? Two stroke. Two stroke. Right. Yay, two stroke. All right, NSR And it was
2: actually my first bike with disc brakes. I'd never rode anything with <laughs> disc brakes. And wow. So here I am riding a, a two stroke that's quite finicky and with disc brakes.
0: And uh, yeah, exactly. I mean, you have a, it's basically a race bike, so it's going to be a, a, an interesting learning curve
2: yeah so i'm heading to my friend's house about six in the morning and i'm on a little 125 street bike and i'm just hauling you
5: can a- you can
2: ass i'm hauling ass and um and i make this left turn and there's this car driving down the middle of the road and just went right into him head on shattered the windshield wow. rolled off and i look up at him and he's like with his jaw dropped down with a cup of coffee He was stunned. And um, And this
0: is before you even raced. This is on your way to go to racing.
2: Right. Wow. And um, so my friend heard this, ran out. We dragged the bike from underneath the car.
0: (laughs) Oh, no. We
2: dragged it into his garage, loaded up the bikes, and off we went. And uh, I got my license. So
0: that didn't affect you in any way, saying that maybe I shouldn't be on a motorcycle. You just immediately got on a faster one. Yeah. Wow, that's a, that's a, that's very awesome. So uh, that would be the new rider school you went to,
2: right? And my first race um, that weekend. So you do the the school and you get your license, you pass the exam, and then you do this race um, called the novice race. And back then, it was just every, every novice would run this one race.
0: Any type of motorcycle. Any then? Any type
2: of motorcycle. Gotcha. It's like a bunch of novices with big heavy lethal bikes and nobody knew how to ride them it was quite scary
0: yeah point and point and shoot and then uh slow down all the way for the turns where that's actually where your forte so you must have uh, been going around of how wade calls rolling speed bumps
2: yeah but in that race i'm not sure where i finished but it was it was really daunting i almost quit racing because i just felt like i was too slow and and i was quite scared
0: yeah I, yeah i can i can understand that uh, especially uh, i'm just getting back into racing right now and at my age i feel really slow with all these young guys going around me and uh been having a little difficulties but uh, I, i'll give it another try and see you there in september yeah yeah awesome uh
3: wade as far as uh, the two
0: stroke stories go how did you start racing
3: i was kind of born into racing actually Uh, my dad raced and stuff but my parents split up when i was four so i dreamt of racing till i was 15. Uh, got a mini bike when i was 15. i got a suzuki 90. my dad was actually president of the afm so my first road race was a katadi on a 125 stinger suzuki Um, looked really fast it was really slow. <laughs> <laughs> I was bummed. I never passed anybody. The next bike I got to ride proved the fact. But my first uh, dirt race was the same year. I got a Suzuki 90, again, 1970. Two-strokers? Two-stroke. Put a kid in it and went to, uh, my. actually, my very first one was Petaluma. I got into the lead. It fouled the plug. I DNF'd. I went to the shop to get my bike fixed because I blew it up the next week. <laughs> they sold me this kit after letting me ride their bike. So I put the kit in it. I rode it to Vallejo Speedway. was going to spend the night and everything. And I'm there racing. And back then we raced every Friday night. And then it was every Friday, every Saturday. Wow. And the third year was like three times a week. And if you were in LA, you could race six times a <laughs> week. Did you get any purses
0: uh, back then, as uh, trophies? No, just
3: trophies. Well,
0: trophies are wonderful as well. Wow. So from there, what did you progress to?
3: Um, I did very little road racing. Um, Interesting. Because the the two, we rode a two hundred in the four hour, and I had to go to work early. So my partner. F- in theory was going to finish their race but she ran off the track and destroyed the bike instead oh, no. um, so i didn't get to go road racing for a while but i went flat tracking every friday night nice. um the first year second year was friday and saturday so i got to 185 i made junior um i got a fourth the first race and i started getting trophies after that it really kept me enthused I Mm -hmm. kept going. I turned junior on that bike. I rode it for another year, and then it really wasn't fast enough. Everybody had faster bikes. Um, Then I got an eye on a 185. I I had a job and everything, but I couldn't really afford, like, a Boltaco or a real big bike and stuff, a 250. Old school names. Um, So the shop, Cycle West, had this 185 in the back. I ended up buying that. I got a fourth on it, like, every time that season... Um, and then we hopped it up the next season. I Never missed a podium. I turned expert on it. I've smoked the experts the next week I got sponsored on a 250. I never had to ride that bike again
0: Now uh, when you when you talk about these races are these a uh,
3: eighth mile quarter mile half mile? Are they on, on dirt uh, pavement dirt quarter mile? Uh, short track or smaller and or a TT, which is it's the same thing, it's basically smooth, it's got a right hand turn and a jump. Right hand turn and a jump sounds fun, yeah. You would go bike, uh, bike size and then your ability novice, junior, expert. Back then, I was in the 100 class, it was four heats, um, it was two main events, it was so many people, so many classes. I was at Santa Rosa the other day, and there was more people. That were riding back in that era. That era was really big. Yeah, it seems to be
0: coming back. you said, as far as uh, the attendance and the people who are out there now?
3: Yeah, everybody's working on a bunch of like I'm. I'm sort of fresh at coming back to it as them having the mile, because I've been off road racing so much and stuff. Duh, I haven't really done any dirt racing. But then when they came out with a mile, now they have a mile, one mile a year. They have a couple half miles. And Lodi's only a hundred miles away.
0: Well, I believe you just started actually the flat track and what was it, has it been six years now? You, you took quite a time off and uh, your first bike
3: was on the KLR six hundred and fifty. 650. Um, I haven't flat I haven't raced a KLR. that was a KLX. KLX. there yeah. you go the Motard bike. yeah, there's a but no, well, mine's not a motard. My KLX is stock. It's got a 21 in the front. I got street tires on it it's set up for the street and the sunny morning ride it's set up to do like a hundred miles an hour and it'll do it on the rear wheel
0: and that was your intro back into the flat tracking correct
3: yeah yeah they, they came up with having the mile in 09 at Stockton oh, I was at Zeitgeist and the doorman comes up and he goes look at this flyer the mile no no was like you know they've never had one before I gotta do that. That's that's gonna be really good. It's almost road road racing and what am I gonna ride and what can I get and 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 in theory the KLX is totally the wrong bike. They totally laughed at me. Um and then they came and apologized. Well, you did end up cleaning everyone's clock on <laughs>
0: yeah. that. I was there at the time. And there was a point where the young guns were behind you. And uh, these guys are probably like maybe 14 or 16 years old. Wade's there on his KLR, uh, KLX, I'm sorry. And uh, yeah. these guys are behind him sweating because I'm sure their pit bosses said, if you let that old man beat you, you're going to have to clean yeah. all the bikes yourself. It was a, it was a great weekend.
3: It was weekend. cool. I even actually had one n- nice kid come up and actually ask if he could go out and follow me around and stuff and it's like yeah sure come on along and I was thinking that's well awesome. good luck come on come on buddy yeah. and so we go we go out there never saw him never saw him and then he comes back and he goes I'm sorry but I just couldn't keep up yeah oh, that's Aww. always nice give, give him a couple of lessons yeah right keep trying keep trying awesome
0: so Sergio is there are there any uh sponsors you'd like to thank for the show
2: I like to sponsor Dunlop. Um, great tires, absolutely love them. Uh, and I believe
0: you deal with uh, Sean Keen over there, uh, mounting and balancing. Yeah, at the, at the yeah, track. I, uh-huh.
2: They're quick and they're they're awesome.
0: And you usually run slicks, correct? Yes. Okay. Now, when you race nowadays, it seems that everyone's running tire warmers. Is that the, is that the pretty much norm now? Yep. Yep. So you have to have a generator, tire warmers to run your slicks.
2: Right. I think.
0: And remind you, he's number two out there, and he always wins. So you better do what he says.
2: Nah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, when I started racing on the super bike, um, I never use tire warmers. But the, you know, the tires are pretty sticky, and took a, maybe a lap to get them up to temperature, lap and a half, and,
5: uh,
0: you know. Yeah, we hope to actually have one of the tire guys in here very soon. Actually, Mister uh, Sean there, and. Uh, Let's talk about exactly how many tires there are out there and how to take care of them. Hopefully, uh, he'll be coming on in the next couple of weeks. Uh, Wade, is there anything you'd like to say? You
3: no, know, tires do wear out. <laughs> At the racetrack, they wear out, wear out really fast. We're on the street, some people don't know that stuff like that wears out. That's me. <laughs>
5: yeah,
3: and you push it. But yeah, when there's show showing, you should probably head, head, start thinking about getting another tire. Yeah, for sure. Uh, also, as far as the city goes, you've got to watch out. There are so
0: many nails and such at our shop. We get, we get guys every day with all types of crazy stuff in the tires. So it's uh, interesting. So as far as uh, the rest of the show, uh, I would like to actually have Pantastic on and let let us know what Muni Radio is about and what we can do. <gasps> Uh, on Sorry Pam Yeah I just threw that at you uh, Mutiny Radio here uh, She has a comedy show They are great uh, Basically uh, we could always use help As far as uh, keeping oh, us yeah. going
1: If you ever, if anyone wants to donate you, uh, You're listening to this podcast right now Go to our website at mutinyradio.fm Press that donate button Give us some money Yay we love money <laughs> Trying to keep cool things alive In the Mission District of San Francisco Can't well, let all those uh, douchey tech bags ruin everything for us <laughs> they all move in with their four thousand dollar rent and they're like art is awesome and they're like you can't be an artist anymore
0: as far as that that being said i mean you uh, with in the radio you have many slots for many different uh, shows oh I mean, yeah uh, comedy of course you have your, your comedy clubhouse and
1: you guys are our second motorcycle show we have ftw forever two wheels on monday awesome. from eight to ten and now we have racers alley uh, here, you guys are listening to it, Thursday 6 to 7, which is crazy. We have two motorcycle shows. Like, what the fuck? Awesome, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, for hell sure. yeah. Like, it's fucking San Francisco. We do a lot of comedy. Um, after your show is True Hustle Thursdays. It's a really great open mic. Uh, and there's a little showcase in the middle. It usually showcases specifically women comedians, which we enjoy here. Awesome. At Mutiny Radio. Uh, they are funny, I promise. And then... Um, I run Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10. It's a great uh, show. You can see the comedians that you see everywhere at Cobb's and the Punchline and stuff. They're here too. Woo! Uh, every Friday from 8 to 10. And we it's do only have $10.
0: sponsors here, correct?
1: Uh, kind of. Um, Spark, the amazing dispensary Spark on Mission. And also they awesome. have a, in the hate, they we do a podcast for them and they pay us money. So it's like, but I would say that they're a sponsor. Spark, go buy your weed at Spark. Your legal weed. Yay. Hey, okay, all right. Can you imagine, like, that weed is legal now? Like, isn't this weird? that, Like, you were saying you started <laughs> racing online. in the 70s or whatever. When You, like, get a lid from your buddy or whatever. Like, how did you even do it back then? It's like, and now we're like, walk into a store and buy weed.
0: You can order it online, have someone deliver it to you. Deliver in it! It's yes. joyous. Amazon, okay. yeah. The
1: future is now. So it's as good. far as,
0: are we having any events uh, in the future for yeah. uh, fundraising? Uh, are we going to... Uh, Absolutely.
1: Shows. Coming up on August eighteenth is the Noise Pop Block Party. That's nice. the sixth year we've worked with them, and they block down like Twentieth Street, and we're right here. And we work with them. We're going to have awesome. um, interviews all day with some of their main stage bands and people there. We're going to have karaoke, so it's going to be two dollars a song. Uh, to if you want to donate more, you can. But to try to raise money for the station, but so it'll be. You don't sing with the radio; you sing on the radio. On the radio, the radio. be there live. You go. Yeah, wow. and Good it's guy. like karaoke, <laughs> and you know people love karaoke. That's so and then they get an MP3, and they can put it on their Facebook and tell their friends they're cool I, I mean I don't know what else you do with this
0: job <laughs> no that's know. that's great I mean so it's you're, right you're a community service and I think uh, more people should be aware of that and help keep this place going especially well
1: free speech is important and we can't let it die because they want us to let it die they want us to shut the fuck up and they're like don't talk or communicate or expand your mind or think about cool things or you know they don't want you to they don't want that. They want us to all be dumb. Yes, exactly. And they want us to buy another iPhone.
3: Consume. <laughs> so <laughs> don't do it.
1: Buy another motorcycle.
3: Yeah, yeah buy yourself awesome. another bike. <laughs>
1: How many bikes do each of you have? I
2: have 13.
1: Thirteen bikes.
3: Thirteen. Holy moly.
1: That's like Jonathan with skateboards. How many How many bikes do you have? I
3: got at least that many. At
1: least 13.
3: <laughs> yeah, Wade has... Where the, do you uh, put uh, them?
1: This is San Francisco. Everywhere. Exactly, right? Yeah, right.
0: Everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> everywhere. Where, like, everywhere. Where are the garages? Yeah.
1: How many bikes do you have?
0: I myself have two. A race bike right. and a street bike. There you go. But I'm glad to have them both. Of course, one yeah. is never running when you, you, you have two. You start with one, go to
3: two, <laughs> and then keep, keep multiplying and multiplying and... And you're working on one. You got one to ride or two to ride. So how many run? I got five that run, and probably five I'm working on. Wow! That could any of them could run at any minute, and it could do a little job or it could do something really big. It could go to Australia and race in Phillip Island, you know, or a pit bike wow. to ride around at a place like that. You could even have a scooter that looks like a turquoise monkey.
1: But how do you? Do you you ship them on a ship? You can't fly them over. You fly your bikes over?
3: You you fly them to the aisle, but you um, ship them in a container to Australia. You
1: ship them in a container. Yeah. They get on a ship, so you have to plan months in advance. Yeah,
3: we ship in November for. And I'm trying to talk him into go and this, this this next <laughs> one in Jan. It's in January, well, but we ship in November. Yeah,
1: you should do it because they have to get the shipping container anyways. There's room in there. Yeah. He only has 13
3: bikes. It's it's a bike that's. He said said it's a bike that's in his living room, too. So you got to ride this thing once a year. More money, more sponsors.
1: Yeah, cool stuff. Well, yay, Racers Alley. Thanks so much. All right. Well, you thank you very great.
0: much, Pam, for hosting us. And uh, Sergio, thank you for coming on on our very first show. And, of course, uh, Wade, thank you for being our host as well. We will see you next Thursday at 6, or actually you can hear us at 6 next Thursday. Thank you very much. Welcome to Racers Alley. Ciao.
3: Ciao.
5: Mutiny Radio. FM has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shitface McRat. <laughs> hey, everybody. Listen to the weekly review with Roman every Friday from noon to 2 p.m.
4: middle F-
5: Good evening there my friends here at MutinyRadio.ev and Chester Cashcock here and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. It goes down. Ow. Come smoke with your boy.
1: Grinder. Spark is located at 1256 Mission Street between 8th and 9th, and at 473 Haight Street at Fillmore. Both locations are open until 10 p.m. every night.
5: Spark staff looks forward to serving you. Coming at these and all snitches, hitting switches, going back to
1: Rainbow Grocery, a worker-owned and operated food cooperative located at 1745 Folsom Street in the Mission District of San Francisco. Let's hear what locals have to say about Rainbow Grocery.
3: Their bulk section is dope AF.